channel a unintended organically formed staple of broadcasting history has free farm friday become <laughs> has it not <laughs> so uh in this final episode of the year i thought we'd just kind of hang out as uh, three buddies uh, farmer brian uh, coke uh wharton texas farmer the old farmer he's the old old farmer the old farmer dan mundy uh, Monday uh, State Acres in Central Northern uh, New Jersey, and we'll talk about making some uh, some eggnog and roasting hams and lambs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, mid- we'll start. Okay, so he doesn't complain. We'll start with Mitter Monday. Mitter Monday, no, no, he didn't. No, he doesn't complain. You know who complains. Did Mitter Tar forget that that that, that is other farmer online? Where the hell is Mitter Monday? <laughs> so there you are, Mister Monday. You're first. Now, are you are you speaking of my fan club? Yes, I am speaking of your very loud and obnoxious fan club. Oh, well, you know, he is the fool. He is a one man fan club. It's it's, it's, it's hey. No, he is a one man rhetorical wrecking ball. Is what he. <laughs> Better to have the poll on your side than not on your side. True, true story. <laughs> no, you don't want him against you. No, because then he'll leave you with the only uh, the only uh, response that you have to anything is okay, dude. I'm just going to move to Russia then. Poland is broken. It sucks. New Jersey is broken. It sucks. America is broken. It sucks. The only place in the world that doesn't stink, Mister Money, is Russia. Well, perhaps, unless you just go find a place to hide. I know you said don't give up, but you know what, Mike? What? There's many, there are different forms of giving up. <laughs> Here, I'm going to surrender in Mike Church Show in 2024, but a chicken and make a gag. <laughs> I'm going to have a lesbian reporter at correspondent. No. No, no, I'm <laughs> All right, Mitter Monday, what are you cooking with, uh, for Christmas feast? For Christmas feast? Yes. Um, uh, making a duck and a chicken. So you're a tur chicken, a, 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 a duck no, chicken. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not, no, I'm not getting that fancy. They will be fully separated in separate separate uh, pans. Have you ever seen how they do that? Did you, do you, uh, are you familiar with the process of how they do that? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I've thought about doing it, but, you know, like everything else, it gets very, you know, you got to have the time, you got to get everything. And just because, you know, you raise things doesn't mean that, oh, well, it's just sitting there. Well, no, it's not just sitting there. But, the, you know, the big thing is everything is deep, has to be deboned. Yes. That's what I'm talking about is the, uh, is the deboning. Have you ever seen, I've actually seen a guy do it. Oh yeah, well I've, I've deboned the chickens a lot. I do I, I do that frequently. Matter of fact, the, the chicken I'm making is one that I deboned and marinated, put in the freezer a few months ago. I said I, I was making a duck because I came across that from the summer, and I said, yeah, I better make that because it's been in the freezer for a while. And in doing so, I came across the chicken. I said, yeah, I guess I better make that. So that's how we're having duck and chicken. Well, <laughs> now did you debone the the chicken with the, all the skin still on, so it still looks like a chicken? Oh yes. Okay. Yep. I, so then, uh, now people people watching or listening at home are probably wondering, well, how in the world do you do that? Well, Mitter Brian K, let me bring Brian K in on this. Brian K, you know how to do this. Have you ever deboned a chicken and left the carcass still kind of looking like a chicken carcass? I've never done that myself, but I've seen it done. I just never thought of doing it, but I know, I know what it's. You know, I know how to do it. It's okay. So. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, uh, so you need a 12 or 14 inch, what we call here in Louisiana, fillet knife. Got to have a fillet knife, and you have to put a farmstead meat stev. Uh, uh, that guy, <laughs> you have to put an edge on it. It's got to be able to literally, if you whack at a piece of paper that you're holding in your hand, it's literally got to cut that piece of paper eight and a half by eleven from top to bottom. And then you just kind of go around the rib cage with the fillet knife all the way uh, to the other end of the skin there. And you're basically just separating the meat and the cartilage from the rib cage and then underneath from the uh, from the from the spine. And then uh, what looked to me to be the hardest part, Brian, was. Uh, separating the the uh, the because you got to find the knuckle and and you got to be able to cut the knuckle of the thigh bone and of the wing bone so that you can pull the whole cage out and then and then pull the legs out yeah there's one maggie put in her whole chicken to bone that's what it looks like so i've never tried to do it i saw a guy i was there i saw him do it and i'm like dude <laughs> but he had done it before yeah, it takes it takes a lot of practice and stuff, but uh, I mean, it's basically you know you're following the lines and stuff and getting that you know getting everything right so you're not separate you know separating the meat itself uh, you know but but um but you know what you do with that that those bones that are left over that's when you make your if you throw that in a big pot of soup. Oh yeah, they make a hell of a stock, wouldn't it? Yeah. So uh, now, 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 what's done here in Louisiana is you'll take that, uh, and then you will take a duck, which is depending on who's raised the duck. The reason they do a turducken is because the turkey is is larger. The turkey carcass is bigger than the duck carcass, so you can get a if you debone a whole turkey, you can fit an entire duck inside that cavity. Uh, with a chicken, you'd have to take one of Dan Mundy's Cornish hens and stick it in that cavity. Yeah, and I tell you, my chicken, my, the latest batch of broilers I raised uh, probably wouldn't fit inside of the latest batch of uh, pasture-raised turkeys. <laughs> 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 they, were, they, were, they were big, you know. Uh, so, but, 
But yeah, you know, if you know, typically if you can get a you know three or four pound chicken, and then about a you know ten or twelve pound turkey. That's about right. Yeah, you have to find the duck too. So. Yeah. And, and, and people are asking, what's uh, the advantage? Well, the real advantage of it, it, it is is you're going to have this outer layer, uh, primarily uh, flaky white meat. Well, you're going to have your dark meat on the turkey, but you're going to put the the inner bird in there, and in the inner bird, you're going to make your uh, you know your bread stuffing or your cornbread stuffing or whatever. And some people I've seen turduckins. There's one guy that does it in, um, it's not Bro Bridge, it is in uh, Scott, Louisiana. You know what he does? Let me bring Mitter Monday back on. Uh, Mitter Monday, what he does with his is he debones the turkey, and then he debones the duck, and then uh, uh, he takes the duck, and he makes his own uh, Cajun, basically andouille spicy andouille sausage. And he takes the inside of what's left of the turkey and he lines it with sausage. Then he puts the duck inside the sausage and then the stuffing inside the duck. There's one right there. The one that Brian K has that looks like that's a sausage ring around it. I don't know if that's sausage or not, but that's what I've seen done. Well, that, that, that gets into a whole, you know, there, there's a whole mystique around that. People have a whole bunch of different types of stuffings they make and which yep. one is supposed to be against the chicken and the duck. So you say you want to make it. I'm sure it's never, well, I shouldn't say this, but generally it's never going to be bad. But there's a whole, you know, yeah, he's doing it with all the sausages. They have people that will do uh, fruit stuffing against the turkey and the duck and then a sage one against the, the chicken. And, the, and so you know, it just depends. So is it, is it on my list of things to do someday? Maybe. <laughs> not, as high as, not as high as other things, miniature, but it's, it's, it's yeah. Well, then you go through all that trouble, and you go, you better cook that sucker right <laughs> if you ever cook it. <laughs> so that's that's the other thing. You know, if, you, if you're going to do that, you better know what you're doing. Because uh, to cook it all the way through, especially if you're putting raw sausage in there and stuffing, you, you uh, but you don't want to overcook it because you know you got white meat; it's going to get all dried out and all that. Uh, it's just it's it's an interesting. It, it's kind of almost like a bucket list thing. If I was going to do it, I'd just go buy one. Well, you know, come on, you got to try it. You got to try it once. Maybe you may, you know. When you when you're finally uh, have relocated there and you're doing cooking with the king dude, maybe that that that'd be an interesting episode. We'll do a turducken. Yes, yes, it would be okay. So um, I'm going to do lamb chops on uh, for Christmas Eve because daughter number one is in town. So I'm going to do lamb chops. Um, uh, the, the, these are the ones you know you get them from Sam's or wherever. They're the new New Zealand lambs, which they're um, they're smaller than your American version. So you know I could probably polish off four of those things myself. Um, uh, but they are uh, if you if you if you if you like lamb chops, I love lamb chops. There's so many different ways to do them. I think I'm probably going to do these in, on the stovetop on a cast iron pan. Mitter Monday, you got any secrets for doing a bone-in, a center-cut lamb chops? Um, not that. No, not really. I, my, my favorite cut is, is a boneless shoulder. But, I mean, I, there are, if you marinate them, I tend to marinate them or make them a lot with... Uh, 
either Persian or, or Middle Eastern type type spices, and I think they come out really good that way. For lamb chops, the other one you can do is do it with a pistachio uh, uh, crusted. You do you do a, hun- a honey. You can look it up. There's a, a honey. Uh, Based honey and balsamic based uh, glaze, you can put on them, and then you, you crush up uh, pistachios and put that on the outside. And then you, you fry the you. you, you, you yeah. Minter uh, Brian K, uh, you got a, a lamb chop secret for me, for us? See, I've only done lamb chops a couple of times, just because it's hard to find pasture raised lamb around here. Oh, it's, it's probably almost impossible. Uh, you, there's there's places Central Texas you can you can find it. There's that's, that's goat country. Just ask Kaiser; he'll he'll tell you all about it. But um, the um, but yes, lamb chop. I, I did actually have a friend that raised the lamb, and he gave me a few. And I I what did I, do? I think I did salt, pepper, garlic, and rosemary. Mm. And and then I, I uh, put you know cooked them over coals, and they turned out really nice. Uh, but uh. Yeah, if I could, if I had access to lamb chops, I'd probably, you know, do like uh, uh Mundy said, and uh, do a, you know, a Mediterranean, uh, probably uh, marinade or something with it. But uh, I, you know, I, I like lamb, and if I, I, I guess I just need more space so I can start raising it because. Uh, yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the thing about lamb is, to me, is that uh, unlike pork and unlike chicken, uh, now beef has a taste to it. Uh, unlike pork and unlike chicken, uh, lamb has a, it is a very distinctive red meat. Um, and it is red. Uh, and you get a very, it is a very, just depending on who raised it and where they raise it. Um, I don't want to say it's gamey because most people are oh, that's, that's good, taste gamey. I wouldn't describe it. I've had gamey and gamey is ugh, awful. Um, but it does have a very distinctive taste to it. And that's why you will know when you get a, when, when, when you get lamb, especially if you get uh, um, a decent uh, a farm raised lamb, which I have had. I don't know where he got it from, but he said that it was uh, organic uh, pasture-raised lamb, that it wasn't, uh, you know, penned up and fed corn and all that. So I've actually had it, um, and it's such a rich, unique... As a matter of fact, second to duck, I think lamb is like one of the richest meats you can cook. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, lamb, and, you know, it, uh, if, I, if I want something similar... If I shoot a deer, I can cut you know the chops out of the deer, you know, you know, because the the hind court, you know, you get your sirloins or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and and do that. And I've, I've done that before, and it's 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 pretty close. This is white-tailed deer. I mean, there's other deer, you know, elk or uh, oh, I've had elk, yeah, or others that you could probably you know get a little different flavor profile just because their diets are different. But uh, but uh. No, lamb is good, but you know, you talking about rich meat. You know, uh, another you know thing I've been thinking about is uh, barbacoa. Uh, you know, you t- you know traditionally the uh, you know the Mexican um, cooking the head of the cow and uh, that that meat, especially off the cheeks and everything, is really fatty and rich and everything. And that's a good holiday meal. And then you can uh, make you like your pico de gallo with your uh, 
jalapeno, tomato, cilantro, and, and onion and put it on there, and it kind of gives it a Christmassy look with the red and greens and stuff in there. Dude, but, uh, it's Ember Friday. Stop. <laughs> Stop. But you know what? It, you know, if we can't, if we can't suffer good, <laughs> I'm suffering really good right now. Yeah. <laughs> now let me just tell you. Okay, you said barbacoa. Uh, I actually looked this up when we changed the name of our cooking team from the uh, World Championship Def Chefs to the more uh, children-friendly <laughs> barbacoa brotherhood. Now, when I look barbacoa up, uh, uh, I, I don't remember anything about heads, but I do remember that when I look barbacoa up and of course you know i probably started at wikipedia but i, I read about barbacoa uh, what i discovered about barbacoa was basically this is how cowboys cooked on the trail because they wouldn't have they, they, they didn't have pits that they were hauling around with them they didn't have you know they had stuff to boil water in or you know make a soup in and what have you but if they wanted to cook them maybe they didn't have pots and they wanted to cook or they're going to cook a, a meat on an open fire you know they'd probably do a side at a time or so and they would just gather sticks long long pieces long branches and whittle them down so that they could basically be giant skewers or a-frames that they could hang a piece of meat from or maybe they would even make a fire and spread it out so it was uh, uh, you know not a not a pile like in a tripod but just you know a flat bed of coals they might just throw rocks in there to give a little separation between the meat and the coals and then just throw the meat on the rocks that was my understanding about barbacoa it was basically cooking without metal without uh, without a, a, a grill but cooking on a fire is my, am I wrong? No, you're not. And uh, like like the the barbacoa, you know, when they take the beef head, the, you know, the cow head, they wrap it in magui, uh, which is a like a succulent plant that with leaves that looks kind of like agave. Okay, it might be in the agave family, but they wrap the the head and the leaves, and then they bury it, and basically put the coals in the ground, and, and it would just cook, and it was mesquite coals because that was your. Uh, you know, that was your primary wood in the Southwest is, is that mesquite. Yep. And mesquite, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's a hotter coal, so you could keep the heat in the ground. And then after, you know, however many hours, you know, that basically that low and slow, you know, that cooking, it, you know, the meat would fall off, basically fall off the bone. And, but yeah, that, that, that magui wrapping or the, you know, the leaf that they wrap in, would hold that, you know, hold the moisture in there and stuff, but kind of like cooking a pig with banana leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the, and the meat, you know, is just it, you know, there's so much fat in it that it doesn't dry out anyway. And and I'll tell you, Mitter Monday, Mitter Monday back here. I saw once, and uh, you came to a, a hogs or two um, uh, at one of the hogs before you started coming around. They actually got a team of South. Uh, South American chefs that came that um, uh, what is it Texas Day 
Brazil is the restaurant the chain and they kind of do if they have the opportunity they can actually do barbacoa and what they did was they built fires out back of where the, this is when the hogs was at a giant uh, uh, fairgrounds at City Park and they could do this they built they built fires they probably had six eight uh, chefs there or a couple of chefs and a bunch of helpers they built tripod fires they built ginormous fires and then they built like A-frame uh, tripods and dude they cooked whole sides of beef and lamb and pig and they just hanged it by wire from the tripods over open fire and then they brought it inside and put it on giant tables and used giant uh, knives and cut it up that's how they served it and I called that barbacoa and it was some of the best barbecue I ever had Minter Monday. Yeah, I'm here. No, no, uh, I, that, that's pretty. I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen them do it. We got places around here. They'll, they've actually built uh, uh, steel cages. So they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll cook a whole goat or a whole lamb or mm -hmm. a whole pig, and they'll, they'll split it. And they, I had a really nice, nice setup. The one guy, because it, it sat on an angle, and he could rotate it and flip it on a, over, over the open fire. It was really nice. I did. I'm sure you could adapt it to doing a whole cow, but that, that was really, it was really. A, a nice setup because I was talking to him. He started buying some chickens from me, which was good because this is what that's his business. But uh, which I, I got some pictures of it. Maybe if I think about it, I'll send them to you. It was a nice setup, Mike. You should build one. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. Well, when I have the property to do it, I will. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm not worried about burning a giant hole in the lawn in the backyard. All right, final segment here. All right, I'm going to make the eggnog. I'm going to just going to take some pointers from George Washington. I'm going to take some pointers from uh, Alton Brown. And I'm going to take some pointers from my uh, my late great papa, Papa Gomez. And I'm going to go with six egg yolks. I'm going to go with two pints of whole cream. I'm going to go with two pints of either half and half or whole milk. I'm going to go with a half a cup of torbinado sugar. I'm going to go with, uh, actually I have some nutmeg. I'm going to fresh grind the nutmeg. And I'm uh, going to go with probably a quarter cup or so uh, or two tablespoons of vanilla and I'm going to do the cook variety um, uh, not because I'm afraid of the eggs just because of the way I'm going to do this and I'm going to reserve the egg whites and at the end I'm going to the last thing I'm going to put in is going to be the Salt Peak Mountainous Egg Whites that I'm actually going to whip by hand. Um, uh, well, I say the last thing. I'll put the booze in and then, <laughs> and then the egg whites. Um, and this is pretty much how I made it. Uh, I just kind of started combining recipes and guessing at the amounts. But I'm going to write it down this year so I can put it in the cook, cooking cooking.mikechurch.com website, which we are going to furiously work on and get really up to speed. Are you going to follow Washington's recipe to the tea? Are you going to put sherry and brandy in your eggnog? Uh, 